Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let's talk about uh, what's going on in our justice system in this country. The Correctional Service, the Parole Board, as it relates to uh, releases of dangerous individuals. They know they're dangerous. Let them out. And uh, Scott Newark is a former Alberta Crown Attorney, Senior Policy Advisor to a Federal Minister of Public Safety and the former Executive Director of the Canadian Police Association. Scott and I have been talking about justice issues on the air for 30-plus years. And we both said, Scott, uh, over the last couple of months that we have a similar concern that the system seems to be sliding backward. Accountability, responsibility um, is, if not taking a backseat, it certainly seems to be compromised. And when you look at what happened with uh, Constable Hong um, and the individual who shot and killed him, uh, this Petri, and I just want to quote from, uh, I've got it here somewhere, what... um, what our mutual friend Joel Warmington wrote. Here's, here's what he wrote, then I'll talk to you. Until this week, when he shot and killed Toronto Police Constable Andrew Hong, it seemed the only thing Sean Petrie hadn't been charged with was murder. Possession of a firearm, robbery, sexual assault, child pornography, prostitution procuring, trafficking, impaired driving, and breaching bail conditions. Now authorities could add two counts of first-degree murder and three counts of attempted murder to his disturbing arrest record. That is if the 40-year-old wasn't shot and killed in Hamilton while trying to escape from the murderous mayhem he left behind in Mississauga and Milton, Ontario. One case, one person. What do you make of this? Well, he is a, when you delve down into it, and unfortunately, you have to do that in all these cases because the system isn't very good at uh, putting the truth up front. This is a guy who was, you know, literally a career criminal, uh, and he had a long, long history of uh, crime, including, as uh, Joe uh, pointed out, breaching his release conditions. I don't think he was on any form of release. I say that with some hesitation because I haven't seen anything to the, uh, to the contrary. But he's a demonstration of the reality of our justice system uh, that a disproportionately large amount of crime is committed by a disproportionately small number of offenders. And unfortunately, in the culture of the systems you described, whether it's the, uh, the courts or the uh, corrections or uh, the parole system, we tend to just sort of look the other way. And that is, a, uh, I think, a, a terrible mistake. And as you say, uh, I think over the past uh, you know, 10, 15 years, we've been making some, uh, some real progress on uh, targeting you know, the high-risk and repeat offenders. Um, and it seems to be creeping back that it's, uh, you know, the institutional, we know best about everything. And uh, as, the, as, as a corrections officer once said at an inquest, the culture is GTO and KTO. Get them out and keep them out. Okay, so... And unfortunately, that has significant public uh, impact including with respect to police officers, because they're the ones we call on to, you know, ensure public safety. And it also undermines, in my experience, it undermines public confidence in our criminal justice system. Well, let me just jump in here. Let me just jump in here. You talk about public confidence. You recall that on a program 
In the 90s, when Doug Walsh was on with both of us, the former assistant attorney general for the state of Washington, he said, if you have a justice system that people don't believe in, then you don't have a justice system. It's something that I will never forget. All right. So you talk about this Petri, and we don't know whether he was on release or not. But we do know that Miles Sanderson in Saskatchewan, we do know that Miles Sanderson was unlawfully at large. And uh, we also know from news reports that the RCMP apprehension unit wasn't really looking for him. Yeah. We That's had, disturbing. Uh, and look at what happened. Yeah. We had uh, discussed this, and as they, the news of this was uh, breaking, this is something that I must admit I wondered about because, you know, he was, you know, when they first released, oh, yeah, well, he was on, uh, there was a warrant out for his arrest. But it's an example of the systemic disconnect because the arrest warrant was issued, you know, by the corrections parole system, but they don't enforce it. It's up to the police agency to enforce it. And that's the RCMP. And it took, you know, a week or so to find out that, oh, well, actually, no, we weren't really, he wasn't any kind of a priority for us. We weren't really looking for him. Yeah. You know, like what? And why was this guy granted release in the first place? Once again, when you drill down into it, his record was unbelievable. And he had dozens and dozens of instances of, of uh, uh, breaching conditions. We don't know whether he was brought back in. Oh, and by the way, in Canada, breaching your parole conditions isn't a crime. It's a crime to breach your bail conditions. It's a crime to breach your probation conditions. But it's not a crime to, to breach your parole conditions. That doesn't make any sense. So let me ask you this, because this is important. And Scott and I met on my vacation. We've known each other for more than 30 years. We got together for lunch, and I was on my way to my destination, and Scott kindly drove a few miles to come and have lunch with me. Um, we talked about, and everything I know about Canadian justice, and I know a lot now is because of you, is what you taught me over the years. So here's the issue about Sanderson. Let's go back to him. Correctional Service Canada let him out. Statutory release. That was August of last year. So there's been report after report after report. I've seen them. You've seen them. Lots of people have seen them. That the law requires. The law requires that a criminally convicted offender must be released after two-thirds sentence served. I see that time and time again. What's the truth? Uh, Not that. Okay, Section 129 of the Corrections and Conditional Release Act allows for a process, I think it's not a very good process, but for a process by which somebody can be, quote, detained and kept for their full sentence. Okay, and to see... You know, Roy, to see public officials putting out this falsehood is just, it's so discouraging because they either haven't got a clue about what they're talking about or they're actively trying to create this culture of deception that, you know, oh yeah, it's nobody's fault, you know, this just happens. And not only that, Roy, because of a case that you and I were both involved in of a career offender named Joe Fredericks who had... Again, been, you know, they used to use it, uh, the, the phrase as uh, blackmail. If you don't let me out early, I'll be really dangerous. So the people were being let out, and he abducted and raped and murdered a little 11-year-old boy, Christopher Stevenson. 
And the Ontario government held an inquest into it, and we got a whole bunch of information about the systemic dysfunction. And because we got the truth, we were actually able to start the process of changing laws. That's where the sex offender registry came from. It's what ultimately led to the changes to the system and that allowed for the creation of what are called preventive reconnaissances, and they're modeled on the old peace bonds that have been in our criminal code for you know centuries. But basically, if somebody presents a danger at a defined level, even though they're not charged with a crime, you can go to court, go through the legal process, and get an order with all of the conditions that could be in a bail order or a parole order, and breaching those conditions is a crime. And you can go to jail for up to four years. It includes even over the years... We've improved it and modernized it, can allow for electronic monitoring, things like that that are really, really important public safety tools. Okay, Why wasn't that considered or used? Okay, let me just tell you this story. Eustachio Gales of Quebec killed his wife in 2004. He beat her to death. Beat and stabbed her to death. Sentenced to life in prison. After 15 years, he was paroled. And he was ordered not to get into relationships with women, although the board, parole board, did grant Galace access to sex workers because they took into consideration his sex drive. Well, he met with a 22-year-old sex worker in Quebec City, and that young woman paid for her life, with her life, for the decision to release Galice, who was charged with her murder. This was just two years ago. Now, going on now is the story of Patrice Mayou from New Brunswick, who shot and killed a 16-year-old teenager in uh, the 1980s. He's unlawfully at large. He's breached his parole conditions. As Scott says, it's not a criminal offense in this country. So the sister of the victim released a photograph of Mayu, who killed her sister, on Facebook, Correctional Service Canada immediately contacted the sister and said, you have to take this down. You're not allowed to show the photograph of the individual. Meanwhile, the Correctional Service Canada wasn't sharing information publicly about Mayu. So, Scott, what do we got here? Well, um, first of all, it's a little uh, more uh, uh, detailed than, than just that. Um, the whole point, the, the photograph was actually given to the sister by Correctional Services of Canada. And as you may recall, over the years, in the, the 90s and the 2000s, we made a series of changes to our laws because in the old days, when you and I first started talking about this, victims weren't allowed to have any information. They weren't allowed to go to parole hearings. They weren't allowed to speak. And so literally over the years, we've made a series of improvements, including these ones that are in Section 26, of the Corrections and Conditional Release Act that define a bunch of things that the Correctional Service of Canada shall release to victims if they ask for it or may release to victims if they ask for it. And one of them in Section 26.1D is about a photograph of the offender taken on the occurrence of the earliest of any of the following and any subsequent photograph of the offender taken by the service. Now listen to this. If in the commissioner's opinion to do so would not have a negative impact on the safety of the public. How the hell could releasing a killer 
who's in violation of his parole and having a warrant out for his arrest be contrary to or have a negative impact on the safety of the public. And my understanding is, as well, Roy, is that the photograph that was given to her actually came from a high-risk offender uh, uh, database that was Crime in the local area. So that's, that's insane. And the Privacy Act as well, in Section 8, Subsection 2, Subsection M, which you and I have talked about before, I think it's the most important but hidden section, says that the head of the institu- a government institution can be disclosed for any purpose where in the opinion of the head of the institution, the public in interest in disclosure clearly outweighs any invi- invasion of privacy that could result, or disclosure would clearly benefit the individual to whom yeah. the information so, is Scott, Scott, if we just bring this down, down to the nuts and bolts, this guy killed a 16-year-old in the 80s. Her sister released this photograph, which started with Crime Stoppers and was delivered to her via CSC, Correction Service Canada. They then, when she posts the photograph on Facebook, say, oh, no, you can't do that. And because it's unfair, I suppose. It's unfair to the offender. That's the, that's the thinking. It's the same thinking. You and I were on the air with a representative of Correctional Service Canada who said, and you know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. We haven't rehearsed this. What did that representative of Correctional Service Canada say? Well, essentially that uh, you were dealing with... Uh if you were talking about citizens, those are non-offenders living in the community. Non-convicted individuals living right. in the community. That's what the exact yeah. quote. That's what is so important here, Roy, because this is the law. It's what they're supposed to be following. And our institutions are creeping back into, you know, do whatever the hell they want. They don't follow the law. And people may not understand all of the specifics of it and everything else, but this is what undermines public confidence. Okay? And... The Sanderson case is another example. There's all these questions that need to be asked. And according to Minister Mendicino, oh, we're going to have the Correctional Service of Canada and the National Parole Board investigate themselves. Not good enough. People deserve better. You know, I did shows inside prisons with inmates' committees. I did a show inside Joyceville Prison with the inmate committee members. One was a convicted murderer. Actually, two of them were convicted murderers. One was a drug dealer, the other was a bank robber. And when we finished those, that, that live broadcast, and they took calls from our listeners, when we finished the live broadcast, our callers said they had more confidence in the individuals who were locked up than they did in the system. That spoke volumes. Now, we came a long way since those days. That was the early 90s. But now we're in a situation where we're asking questions, where we're, we want to know what's going on. And I find it really, and I'd forgotten this, but if you are in violation of your parole conditions, it's not a criminal act. That is disturbing. I've got a couple of seconds, 15 seconds. Go, wrap it up for us. Well, I was just going to say, I, I'm, a, I'm afraid that uh, when you look at the news, we're creeping back into those bad days of where crime is increasing, and a phenomenally important part of that is how the system deals or doesn't deal with this situation. Okay. And it has a huge impact on Canadians everywhere, and that's why it needs to be a priority. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.